You are listening to The Reckless Entrepreneur. My name is Francesca Mamlin, but you can call me Fran. I'm a girl with a mission to inspire a generation of bold, courageous, daring, and passionate entrepreneurs. And I want to inspire you to chase your passion and persist past the point where most people would quit. Because on the other side of that lies your true purpose. I'm so glad you tuned in and I can't wait to see what you have to share with the world. Hello, and thank you for tuning into this week's episode of The Reckless Entrepreneur. I'm so excited because I'm coming at you with another interview. I'm sitting down with Amanda Bolin. Amanda is the founder of She Did It Her Way. So through weekly podcasts, monthly, a monthly membership, She Did It Her Way helps women take massive action on their business idea to create ultimate freedom by becoming their own boss. So I personally have followed Amanda for like two years, which is since the beginning of my entrepreneurial career. And I went to her very first She Did It Her Way Summit. So it's so cool to see how her business has grown over the past couple of years. I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. Um, Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And it's been, it's crazy to hear you say that because I can't believe the first summit was two years ago. That's insane to me. Yeah, it feels like it was just yesterday. It does. <laughs> I know. No, it's crazy. I mean, we are gearing up. So it's the end of March now and we have our next one in April. So, um, yeah, it's just it's insane, but thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Um, so let's start with diving into your backstory. So like, how did you get into entrepreneurship? How did you start? She did it her way. Yeah. I mean, do we have like two hours? Cause I can hear <laughs> so much. Um, I mean the condensed version, um, is, you know, I graduated college in 2010 and I took, I was in corporate for two years at two different companies. I was at Wells Fargo and, um, target in their stores working in their leadership program. And I had an opportunity to go out on my own as a freelance, um, facilitator where I got to basically, I learned, um, consulting companies content. And then I went out and delivered it for them, for their clients. So some of their clients were JP Morgan, Intel, Weight Watchers, and it was all around leadership development, sales training, and employee engagement. It was awesome. It was, I loved it. And I still like, um, I get to do some of that. I actually get to do a lot of it, not the same content, but, um, I still get to teach in she did her way, which I love. And so I was doing that. I was traveling the globe. I was gone every single week. It was amazing. I was 24 years old. I was making more money than I ever like had experienced in my entire life. And I did that from 2012 to pretty consistently to 2016. But in 2015, I was like, okay, I kind of want to start something on my own. And I didn't want to do blogging. So I started podcasting and that's when she did it her way. Um, launched. I kind of always had, she did it her way in the back of my mind coined in 2014, but I didn't do anything with it until 2015. And, um, it was in, at the end of 2016, I started realizing I was like, okay, I don't want to get on a plane every single day to basically earn a living. I love what I do, but I just don't want to get on a plane and my income is attached to my desire and willingness to get on a plane. I'm like, okay, well this has to change. 
And at that time, like she did her, her way had been growing. We started like podcast downloads and everything. And I thought, well, hmm, what, what can I like, what is possible if I take what I love doing, which is coaching and teaching. And I put it into this format in the online space. Like, what does that look like? And so for, from like the 2016 up until, I mean, really just of last year, it's just been taking massive action and seeing what comes up, what aligns, what, how much, how can I learn more about my ideal customer avatar? How can I learn about what she's going through and how can I continue to serve and support? And so it's just been a beautiful, um, yet sometimes highs and lows and challenging experience to get there. And I'm happy to unpack any single part of that because I don't want to leave. I don't want to paint the picture that it's everything's rainbows and butterflies and it's all perfect. I mean, there is some really, really tough low times, which again, I'm happy to share. (laughs) I love that. Uh, I love how you kind of figured out what you were good at and what you enjoyed through your job. And then you were like, but I don't like the lifestyle. So you realized that you could do it on your own and create the lifestyle part on your own. That's awesome. Um, So like, what were the biggest struggles that you had as you like from the time that you started the podcast on the side to like bringing it um, into your full-time job? Yeah, I, I mean, gosh, there's like, there were so many in hindsight and looking back. And I think every single day is an opportunity for us to show up as a different person. But I really, I kind of, you know, I went into, she did it her way as a podcast, as a hobby. And then I like, I buffered with my contract work for a really long time to avoid making a decision of, okay, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm going to like make it. And I didn't have a vision for a really long time. I, didn't, so therefore, if I didn't have a vision, I wasn't emotionally attached to it. I didn't have a commitment. Um, I also like, there was that period of time of experiencing that and all while doing it, you know, there's discomfort. And even, um, I launched my first beta group coaching program last year. And the first time I like launched it and put out to the world, no one bought. And I was like, Oh my God, it sucks. It's terrible. I don't want to do it. Oh my gosh. And I just think through that experience alone, really taught me that one, the first, like, it's not easy. Otherwise everyone would do it. Yes. Is there a strategy? hundred percent. You have to figure out the strategy and then you have to execute the strategy and don't waver from the strategy in and of itself. But then you also have to like, understand that there's going to be discomfort. Your mindset is going to be challenged. You're going to want to quit, but you have to stay committed. Um, it's just, it's kind of like a deep dive into personal development. I would say, I think like in the beginning stages of building a business, like you have to be ready to roll up your sleeves and really figure out. And there's so many things that I would do differently if I got to do them over, but hindsight is always 2020, right? Yeah, it really is. And I love that. Um, like you, you're able to share, like you launched something and it failed. And like, there were times when you were like, I don't know what I'm doing. Cause every single entrepreneur goes through that. And you're so right. It is a deep dive into personal development. Um, I think entrepreneurship like forces you to become the best version of yourself. Um, that's a really, really hard process. So like, how do you keep going when, when things are just so tough and you don't know what to do next? What keeps you going? Oh gosh. Um, well, always coming back to like, okay, why am I doing it? And if you come from a mindset of serving people, like how can I best serve this audience? How can I provide them with the most like information so that they can be successful? And when you stop putting all the pressure on yourself and you stop making it all about you and like your failures or your mistakes, and you turn it on of like why you're doing what you're doing, which is serving your audience and your ideal customer avatar, you, it begins to 
you start to shift in, in that capacity. It's also like in the moments when, and I'm like trying to tap back into the time when I wanted to give up is, you know, there's how I acted and then there's how I went like learned from that and would act differently moving forward. But how I acted was like, I just put in this, like no one, no one wants to join. Like this is a failure. I made it mean that it was like not a great product. I made it mean that I was a failure. And so in hindsight and like moving forward is that anytime you fail, you just have to look at everything as an experiment and not put pressure on it. I know people talk about not putting pressure on, you know, the sale of when you're going to go pitch something because then the energy changes. And if we can come at it with more of a playful, like experimental, like this is what I'm testing, this is what I'm going to try. Then we stop making it so closely related to who we are as people. And we're not a failure. We just made a decision and did something in our business that didn't necessarily succeed in the way that we wanted it to. Mm -hmm. I love that. You're not identifying with the failure you're mm. looking at it from like a detached perspective and being like, okay, what happened and what can yeah. I do better? That's a really, really important lesson that I probably yeah. a couple or last year, a couple years ago, probably could have taken to heart. Um, cool. So when you're transitioning from the corporate world to the entrepreneurial world, what, um, what are the biggest mistakes that you made um, mistakes that people can avoid when they're starting this journey on their own? Yeah, I, man, I, there's definitely like, I've made mistakes. I've seen people, I've seen, um, successful transitions. I've seen rocky transitions. And I think, um, one of the biggest pieces is that if they, if people find themselves in a job, that they're like, I don't love this. I hate it every single day. I go into it. Like first you have to remove the, it's going to sound crazy. Like you have to remove the dis taste that you have for your job. Because if you always look outside of your job, fulfilling you and making you happy or your work or your business to make you happy, like it's never going to be enough. It's like the person who thinks like, Oh, if I could just make $75,000, then I'll be happy. But then they make $75,000 and they're not happy. Then they think, okay, if I could just make 150,000, then I'd be happy. And it's kind of that same way of like, changing the way that you think and the way that you feel about your job and not making it basically make you happy. Like you have to do some inner work first. So I would really be cognizant of that and, and get down to like you being happy and being content where you are and knowing that like you can go wherever you want to want to go, but being mindful of that space. The second thing I would do is get clear on what it is that you want to build and do and use the constraints of your full-time job to strengthen the muscle of getting really good at time management and being focused. Um, I always recommend avoid. I hear a lot of people that are like, I'm just going to quit my full-time job and figure it out when I have more time. And I'm like, Oh my God, no, 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 no. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. But I get it because we're all in our own space and we're like, no, but trust me, like I'm going to figure it out. I have seen more often than not people struggle more when they quit corporate America and they say they're going to figure it out when they have more time versus the people who pushed themselves, operated within their circumstances, got really good at time management and side hustled with their full-time job, maybe a little bit longer, but they were able to figure out their revenue system and how they made money and they built up their confidence to then go off and basically like crush it. A really good friend of mine who's also a good friend of Shauna Van Bogart's is Jocelyn Pearson. And I always use her as an example because 
she now has this online business where she teaches people exactly what she did. And what she did was she got her entire college education paid for because she applied for scholarships and she had leftover money to then put down for a down payment on an apartment. And so she created an online program and she did this all while she was working full time on a really high salary job at the age, I think of like 23, 24 and basically like tested the market and validated the product before she even ever quit. And when she was able to say like, Oh my gosh, people just paid for this. This is like, this is validation and proof that people want it. Cause that's another learning lesson. Like people will be like, Oh my God, that's such a great idea. That's such a great idea. Not that you want to like discount those people. You don't really want to put a lot of weight into it where you want to put a lot of emphasis in is like people who are willing to give you your credit, their credit card and pay for what it is that you're offering because those people are committed. And that is a vote that needs to count. Not the one of like, Oh, that's a really great idea. Mm -hmm. Cool. So there's a few good things from this that I take from all of this. First of all, um, staying present and learning to appreciate the job you have. This is something that I definitely did not do. Um, I feel like I was really resentful of the job I had because I was trying to move out of a certain career field. But um, it's such a big lesson, not just in that stage, but also for the entire entrepreneurial journey. Because I think Mm -hmm. the reality is that you're never going to be exactly where you want to be. So if you can like learn the beauty of it. Yeah, that is the beauty of it because there's always something to look forward to. Um, But you also have to learn how to appreciate what you have. Like you have a job that's giving you a steady income so that you can build this thing on the side and you have like there's things about your job that you might like, whether it's your coworkers or the kind of work that you do. Um, And I love that you said not to quit your job too soon because I think I, I hear the narrative a lot to just like, you know, um, take risks to like, you know, quit your job and figure it out at like once it, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are saying that, but, um, you're so right. And you're so right that it gives you an opportunity to learn time management in the best way possible. If you're juggling a full-time job and a business, this is when you really learn how to prioritize the tasks in your business and how to um, basically just manage time. Because I didn't really learn how to manage time until I became an entrepreneur. Um, right. And I had a really weird learning curve once I quit my job and like I had all the time in the world. And when you have all the time in the world, you don't really get a whole lot done. Yeah, it's almost like, yeah, people think they're like, oh my God, if I just had more time, if I just had more time, it's not the time that you need. Yeah. It's to learn how to manage the time that you have because it's kind of like, you know, if people are, it goes back to the money experience that if you're a spender and you think that by having more money is going to cure your problem, it's not because when you have more money, you're still going to spend it. Mm-hmm. So if you're not already using your time wisely, what do you, what makes you think that when you get more time, you're going to use it wiser? It's kind of, um, Tony Robbins talked about this in, in a business mastery too, where he sees a lot of times where entrepreneurs will do something for like two years and try to get it off the ground and maybe the business doesn't work. So then they go start another one and they're like, okay, well this business doesn't work. So they keep hopping. And he's like, you need to go back to the original business that you had and make it work before you go and make something else work because it's not the business that is the, the issue. It's what's going on internally and mentally is the opportunity that needs to be fixed. And I think that that comes true. Like it's, we want to so much, like if something's not currently working in the circumstance or the constraints of our life, we think we got to go out and fix it and pile more on when it's like, no, we actually have to be disciplined enough to work within the constraints and to learn how to use them. And then when it expands, 
then we'll even like, yeah, I'm just a big believer in that. I'm right there with you. Yeah, you're so right. And sometimes it's better to just have a small amount of time to manage yeah, um, and then kind of work your way up. Like it's good. It, it's just such a, it's a unique perspective. I've never heard anybody address it that way. And I like it. I wish right. I could go back like to like, <laughs> Oh, me too, sister. <laughs> teach myself, but whatever. You can't undo things. Um, <laughs> so when you're in that period of balancing your work and your job on the side, what are some best practices? Like what are some tips that you have for managing the time, for managing the transition? Yeah. I mean, I think the first and foremost is, you know, everybody has different circumstances. Some people have, um, they're a one, they're a single parent. They've got kids. Maybe you're not a single parent, but you have multiple kids. Maybe you are, um, I mean, in my experience and even like building the business, I was fortunate enough that I like, I was in a situation where I had more time probably than some other people. Right. But like, instead of feeling bad about your circumstances, because all circumstances are neutral until you give them meaning, like really just come to the fact of like, here's the circumstance. I get to choose what I make it mean. And then be really intentional about like, where can you find 30 to an hour extra every single day to work on your business? If you really want to go big time, like carve two hours out, wake up at 4am and then work for two hours and then go into your daytime job, wake up before the kids. And like one of my really good friends, she was a lawyer and she built a six figure business, like all on the side as she was, um, still working full time. And she was so diligent. She worked two hours in the morning. She worked over lunchtime and then she worked another two hours when she got home and then she worked eight hours on the weekend. Now I get that every, not everybody has that time. Right. But you have to understand though, that even giving yourself an extra 30 minutes a day or an hour a day is 30 to 60 minutes more than what you're currently giving. And you need to carve out that time and make it consistent every single day. Because if it's not consistent every single day, it's going to be much harder to stay accountable to actually showing up. And once you look at your calendar and you're like, okay, let's say you're pretending like I'm going to spend an extra hour every single day in the morning working on my business. You carve that out. You put that on your calendar. You make that commitment to yourself. So the decision, if someone says like, let's go out for drinks on Tuesday night, you can look at your calendar and you have to hold yourself accountable in that moment to say, actually, no, I have a schedule. Like if I go out on a Tuesday, it's most likely that I'm not going to show up and work and get up an hour early to work on my business on Wednesday. So you start making decisions from your calendar. Then the next step is, is to like figure out what is it that I exactly need to do in that hour time frame. Too often we open up our laptop and we go to work, but we're like so unmotivated already as is, and we don't even know exactly what we need to do. So in that hour time block, um, before you do anything, so you've already mapped out like when you're going to work on your business, you need to figure out what you're going to do. And part of that is investing, um, in educational tools, going through online courses, signing up for coaching programs, but whatever you do in that business, or in that time frame, you want to break it up into 30 or 60 minute blocks and say what you're going to produce, not what you're going to do. There is a different outcome when you say, oh, I'm going to check email versus the outcome. And sometimes it's okay to put that on there where you do need to check email. But in the beginning, email's not a big deal. Like what's more of a big deal is getting your business up and running than like worrying about somebody else's agenda coming into your inbox. And so figuring out like, what do you want to produce? Maybe in the 30 minutes, you're going to write your first, um, it's going to be like complete first draft of opt-in. Like that's what you want to produce in the 30 minutes or 60 minutes, whatever that that is. And schedule your, um, your calendar in two week chunks at a time 
And then just keep doing that over and over and know where your end goal is so that you can be, um, intentional about like, this is where I'm going. And then here's what I'm going to do to get there. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you're being really intentional about how you how you're using your time. And I love that you say, um, what am I going to produce versus what am I going to do? Yeah. Doing is just busy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, doing is just busy. And there's so many people that are just, whether they're entrepreneurs or not, just running on a hamster wheel all yeah. day long and they never actually get anything done. So like, what are the outcomes of this day going to be? Um, right. And yeah, getting up early is probably like, <laughs> that's like one of the <laughs> biggest, best tips I can give um, most people is like just getting up early. Like it's so hard um, for some people to do that, especially if you're working full time. But yeah. It's, you gotta, you gotta want your dreams more than you want your excuses. Absolutely. I think you actually yeah. said on one of your podcast episodes once that like, um, like I'm doing something that's like bigger than this moment. I forget exactly how you phrased it. Like if you're, if you're alarmed. Well, if I said that, I like the way that you just rephrased it. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. Like, and that's discipline. That's about like, um, discipline is being like my overall goal is bigger than this moment of discomfort. A hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It all really comes down to that. Like, do you have the discipline? Do you have the vision to juggle this time? Because the this was actually one of the hardest periods for me was like doing my job and my business at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe like after quitting, that was another kind of hard period because like so, the adjustment to self-employed life is something else too. But it's mm-hmm. really, really hard to build a business while you're also working full time. So like yeah. it all comes down to discipline. Yeah. And I mean, even think about like, Um, there's so many things that you can do while, um, working full time. So for example, one of the really important pieces is to generate content on a weekly basis, at least, right? So podcasting, blogging and blogging and podcasting while working full time is definitely doable. It's all about the process and systems that you have in place and knowing how it fits in the strategy, because in the moments when things get hard, you have to go back to the vision that can carry you through the moments that you're like, oh my God, this is hard. But even focusing, like doing six months of straight producing content is still valuable and easy to do. I I guess I shouldn't say like easy, but it can be more simple than what people may perceive. Like I always give the example of like, don't pole vault over mouse turds. Don't allow your brain to build something so simple and small in your mind to be so big that you talk yourself out of doing it. It's like, I would, I used to be like, Oh, I have to finish my taxes. It's going to be four hours. When in reality, if I actually just sat down and do my taxes, it would take 60 minutes, but I would make it mean so much bigger and it would stop me from taking action. Yeah. You're like telling yourself a story. Yeah. Reality is much less dramatic than the story that you're telling yourself. Um, and you, you just, you do such a good job of like explaining consistent content creation on your podcast and making it, making the process really simple. Do you have any tips for somebody who is working full time building a business and then like also wants to do a blog or a podcast? Yeah. I invest (laughs) in um, courses that teach you how to do it. So my friend, Natalie Bacon, she has an amazing um, course, which actually before you check out the course, one thing that you can do is she came on and we did a masterclass webinar about blogging with a full-time job and you can actually go and watch it. So it's at she did it her way podcast.com forward slash blog. And that in that webinar, she walks you through some tactics. She shares her story. And then, um, she obviously serves up her course. I had gone through, I've gone through her course. It is amazing. And so that's where it's like, 
instead of, and this is something that I wish I would have done differently. Instead of thinking that I can piecemeal everything together and figure out someone's process of why they're doing what they're doing in their strategy, just by experiencing the content, um, I would have been so much further ahead had I just spent the $300 and bought the course sooner. Right. And so, and that's another perk. Like when you're in your full-time job, that's another perk. You have your income coming in. So use some of your income to invest in yourself, to learn the skill, like pay someone that's going to teach you exactly what you need to do to be successful because Natalie's already successful. She has a successful blog. Why wouldn't someone who wants to start a blog learn from someone who's already doing it? And I will tell you, she teaches more in that course than just blogging. So it's, it's amazing. I binged it in like four days. Cause I'm like, I want to learn everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, and we will link that in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. And yeah, I, I feel like I was so afraid to make investments when I was starting out. Cause I was only 22 when I started my business, yeah. I didn't have a lot of money. So I was like, yeah. I was really afraid to like even invest in like a $30 program. Um, but it's like, you make that money back so quickly. Yeah, you're going to avoid like all of these stupid mistakes that you can, you don't really have to make them if you just like listen to what someone else has to say. Yeah. I mean, think about like, I don't know if someone's listening, it's just a relative thing, but if you have a Starbucks habit or, um, you go out to eat and like fast food, like there's other areas that you can give up for like one, two, three months in your life that you can cut back on to then reinvest that money into a course that's going to allow you just to accelerate and get you closer to leaving corporate America. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's a really, really good point. Yeah. Cool. And, um, so we've kind of touched on this. So when we're, when we're facing burnout, so like if you're, if you have a job, you're building a business, you're blogging or your podcast, like that's a lot of things for a day. So like, what are some tips that you have to avoid the burnout? Yeah. And I think overall is just really being cognizant, whether you're in corporate America of your time and energy and they aren't um, interchangeable. Like you can spend 30 minutes doing something that you absolutely love and have more energy at the end of it versus doing 30 minutes of something that you don't love and having less energy at the end of it. And so it's not just about like, oh, it's only 30 minutes of my time or it's only 60 minutes. Um, it's just being mindful that you energy is more important. I think that managing energy is more important than necessarily managing time. And I think that's important whether you're in corporate and side hustling or you're out full time. Um, one thing like for me, even working at Target, it was easily 50, 60 hours a week. And it just didn't allow a lot of time for me to really figure out what I wanted to do. So I did what people um, coin as the bridge job. So the bridge job basically connects you from one place to the other. It's not the final destination or it's not ultimately where you want to go, but it really helps build that bridge along the way. And when I left Target and I went to Wells Fargo as a recruiter, I got so much time back on my hands. Like every weekend felt like a vacation because I didn't have to go into a retail store. And I also wasn't spending 10 to 12 hours a day, um, doing something that just drained my energy. And so if people are listening and they're in the position where they're like, I can't find time, like I'm seriously maxed out, it might be a time to find a bridge job. I mean, 
and you, you may take a pay cut. You may not, but there's other things out there that can give you back time so that you then can start working and building content like the blog. You can start working on your, your business. Um, burnout now looks a little different for me than it did before. Right. I think like you were saying as an entrepreneur, you, someone who's a solopreneur entrepreneur, who's doing their own thing. It's really, you get so intimate with yourself and how you work and what, what makes you tick and your behaviors and how you behave. It's like also being in an intimate, like romantic relationship. Cause you're like, that is a big mirror held up to my face that I'm like learning so much about myself that I never knew existed. And the burnout, like I can definitely say burnout looks like when I don't set boundaries and then when I don't um, follow through with those boundaries. So for example, I'm an extrovert by nature. So it can be really easy for me to stack my schedule with, you know, grabbing drinks with a really best friend or like traveling and going on a weekend vacation with some friends or my husband and like doing all these things where now it's really protecting time and actually building in downtime and saying no to certain things, whether it's in my business or in my personal life, because I know how important it is to protect it so that I don't get to burn out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're so right. It, the, Burnout looks differently when after you quit your job versus before you quit your job. I love the idea of a bridge job because, like, looking back on my experience, I worked in theater, so I worked like twelve hours a day, six days a week, and I was trying to build this business at the same time. And then when I left my theater job, I went from that to like having all the time in the world, and I basically just like collapsed for a week. Like, yeah, maybe even longer than a week. So it's a really nice. It's really good to have like a transition because full like yeah. full-time self-employment is I think it's a little bit glamorized but it's hard like you definitely need like you gotta show up every yeah. day I've never had a child but I've heard from other people who have had babies that are like your business is your baby baby you have to love it you have to feed it you have to train it you have to teach it and so so often we think like what can my business do for me but it's really the other way around in that question um you were saying something about oh burnout um i think too like there's definitely um everybody's what I call lead up looks so different from one person to the next. So just because you and I are sharing our lead up story or like how that transition doesn't mean that that is one transition and lead up looks the same for everyone. Um, I've had friends that have gotten so burned out in corporate that they had physical manifestations on their body that they were like, okay, um, I'm like mentally fatigued. I'm burned out. I'm going crazy. And then they like, they're, they had a conversation with their spouse and they made the decision like, okay, we're just going to take some time. And so I think like there's certain instances where sometimes it's like, you may just have to stop everything or, but also know like it can be really easy when you have all the time in the world to like do nothing, which is such a paradox. It's so crazy, right? You think like, oh my God, if I just had more time, well, it's not, I mean, it's insane. So I think moral of that story is just know that everybody's lead up looks different and don't compare what your transition and your lead up might look like to anyone else's. Absolutely. Thank you for making that point. Cause everybody's, everybody's entrepreneurial journey, everyone's life journey is going to look it's different. different. Yeah. You can get, yeah. you can, we can like give tips all day, but like you're going to craft, you're going to carve out your own path to yeah. whatever it is you want. Oh, and you were talking about energy management because we got back on the, the more time thing. Um, Shauna Van Bogart gave a really good tip about energy management at your summit. She talked about how she like, 
she kind of like coaching calls give her a lot of energy. So she's like, okay, after I get off a coaching call, I'm going to do a really remedial task while I have all this energy. And I, mm-hmm. So like you're, you, you can actually design your day. So like mm-hmm. one task can give you a burst of energy and then you can use that to do a task that might take away some energy. And then like, it's like yeah. interchanging. So that's such a good, yeah. Sean is so good at that. And like learning to harness your, your energy in different ways and you know, energy. I was just on another podcast and I was saying like people who want to, you know, invite me on their show, I will do podcast episodes and interviews all day long. If someone said, Hey, I want you, like, do you want to write an expert excerpt on my blog? I'd be like, uh, uh, can I send it to you in audio format? And then can you, um, <laughs> dictate it? And then can we be good for go? Cause like sitting in front of a computer and typing, I'm like, Oh, if it's not content that's coming from me, like necessarily, it can be a little bit of an energy drainer. And so you just learn that about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you learn so much about yourself when you, uh, so much about yourself. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And we kind of touched on this, but like, what are some other things that surprised you when you like first quit your job? Like what are of, oh. yeah. <laughs> um, well, honestly, like my experience when I quit my job and I went to be a contractor, so 1099, mm-hmm. I, in the beginning, it was like, so it was kind of like a fairy tale. I had a very, um, what do they call it? Like I had not a normal transition. Cause I had like, once I was working for myself, I was traveling. I was going to all these amazing places across the country. I was doing something that I loved that was energy giving almost every single day. I tripled my income. I made six figures when I was 24. Like it was all, it was like this fairy tale. Right. But then my, my like learning lessons really started to creep in probably three years later when I started learning, like, you know, the money mindset and everything, like coming to terms with, you know, spending habits and things like that to like, Oh, as you know, the projects were coming in so great the first three years, but then when the faucet starts to dry out, then that reacts on me. Like my income is tied to their ability to like put me on projects. And so that really started shifting the narrative of like, okay, I don't want to be reactive in this space. I want to be proactive. And like, how do I go out and find clients? How do I go out and network? And that was probably like, there are some really like low, not low times, but like slow times, I would say where, you know, one month it could be, it could be April. And they're like, I'm think going into May thinking I'm going to like make a five figure income by doing all this contract work. And, and this actually happened. And I got a call one day and they're like, Oh, they canceled all of their clients next month. Like, sorry. I'm like, what? Like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and and that, like, that just made me inspired to then like later on. And at the time I didn't know it, but it really inspired me that I'm like, okay, I want to be in control of, I want to be able to influence like my life and have more control over it versus being in a reactive space. And, and I mean, an example like that right now is we work with sponsors for our podcast and for the event. And while that is amazing and I love it and I'm so appreciative of it, I still want, like, I'm still working towards getting majority of our income to be through our own coaching programs and what we're doing and helping people directly versus, you know, one month, the sponsor that I think is going to renew might not renew. And then it's like, okay, there goes your revenue. So yeah, I mean, every day is a learning lesson, right? Oh my gosh, it really is. That's what I love about it, and that's what sometimes exhausts me about it. Yeah, like yeah. Every day it's like a huge lesson. Um, yeah, so being proactive versus reactive, that's something that we really don't 
get the opportunity to really explore outside of the entrepreneurial space because when you're in a job you kind of just do what you're told in most cases most cases Um, yeah what like how can people start thinking that way before they quit their job like what are what are the mindset shifts that they need to make to start being more proactive that's a good question so like how to start being proactive like in the I way mean, you build your business, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think even like just first of all, deciding that you're like, okay, I am going to build a business and then deciding, giving yourself a timeline, like when do you want to achieve this? Going back and doing the exercises of like blocking time out on your calendar and like getting in that there's a difference between massive and passive action. Passive mm-hmm. action is listening to podcasts, reading books, um, taking <laughs> online courses, but none of that matters if you don't actually implement and take massive action. And a lot of people shy away from massive action because it's uncomfortable because you're putting yourself out there. You're allowing yourself to, to fail. And so like, if you're not being, if you're not able to get that experience in your, in your full-time job and assuming obviously most people on here are probably listening, wanting to move out of corporate, you then have to, um, like start taking action on like when you're outside of it and start carving out space, start taking action on yourself, like invest in those coaching programs, invest in the online courses, because that can fuel your spire. I know that for me, like if I'm feeling at a low point, I'm kind of like burned out and I'm like lacking inspiration. I will buy a course to that, like on something that I wanted to learn. Like the other day I bought my friend's course about how to do convert kit templates. And I was like, it was $47, but I was the happiest kid on the planet on Sunday evening. And I'm like in my convert kit and I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm going through (laughs) tutorials and I'm like learning this. So like find stuff to like learn to then also go follow through and implement and just yeah like find out what inspires you in that way too mm, i love that i love how you're still so excited about learning like i feel oh, like i love it that, we're like dying so like that's yeah. awesome <laughs> yeah no i love it i'm like oh my gosh all my emails are gonna look so much better now <laughs> <laughs> i love that that's i i bought a trello course once because for like similar reasons i was feeling kind of out of control and man it was so it was so much fun like setting up on my trello boards yeah um lastly let's let's geek out for a second about habits because you talk about habits a lot on your podcast habits are just so cool um what are the habits that you need to be a successful self-employed person Ooh, well this is again um my own opinion i think it varies for everyone else like on their own habits um it's um like a meditation mindful routine I'm really big into meditation. I can tell the difference when I meditate for 10 minutes a day um, versus when at one, I did like a 30-day meditation challenge where I meditated 30 minutes a day. I can tell the difference. And so I think like definitely having a meditation habit, having a habit of checking in with yourself, um, having like... I'm a massive fan of routines and even having a routine that like, this is kind of meta, but having routines is important, but within the routine, having it built in where you don't have a plan. Like my husband will be like, you're so confusing because he's like, you love a routine and you love scheduling. But then like in moments you're like, oh, I want to be surprised and I want to like just plan last minute. And I was like, yeah, but see, I plan to plan last minute though. Like that's in the routine. Um, uh, like I'm trying to like, let's, I think 
you know, setting, there's so many like setting boundaries with yourself, staying committed, like creating that discipline, going back to like, when are you going to work on your business? And it's really getting coaches for accountability is it's a great start, but as a long-term success, you have to create accountability with yourself because ultimately if you don't make the commitment to yourself, like there's not always going to be another person there to hold you to it. But more importantly, like when you do something because of someone else telling you to do it, that's not sustainable as much as it is getting in the habit and discipline of keeping commitments to yourself. Like we as humans will keep commitments all day to people and go to events that we don't want to go to. Um, but when it comes to actually like doing something for ourselves, like working on our business, we will move the commitment more often than not until we build up that muscle. Yeah, you're so, so right. I feel like entrepreneurship is a balance between like structure and accountability and then also like, you know, freedom and spontaneity and creativity. And like, yeah. how do you walk that line? That's a, that's the lesson we're all learning, I guess. Yeah. So awesome. Cool. Well, this has been so, so amazing. I cannot wait to share all of this with the listeners. They're going to get so much out of it. I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, so where can they go to learn more about you and to connect with you? Yeah, you can head to she did it her way podcast.com. That's where all the goodies are at and there's freebies and everything. And then, um, I'm pretty active on Instagram at she did it her way. And we have a Facebook group at her way community, um, on Facebook. So cool. That's great. Well, I will link all that to the show notes and thank you so much for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'll talk soon. Bye. Yeah, so I don't even know where to start with this one. There was so much good stuff from this conversation. Thank you again, Amanda, for being on the show. Having a legendary businesswoman and podcaster like Amanda on the show was very exciting for me. Here are just a few of the main takeaways I got from our conversation today. Entrepreneurship is basically a deep dive into personal development and there is going to be discomfort. If you want all of the perks that come with entrepreneurship, the discomfort is just part of the deal. You're going to be pushed every single day to be a better person than you were the day before. This is a blessing, but it is also exhausting at times. And the only way you can walk this path is if you come from a mindset of serving your people and you don't identify with your failures. Your business is just one big experiment and you need to look from a detached perspective. When things go wrong, no matter how disappointed you may be, you gotta detach from it. And if you're transitioning from a corporate job to full-time entrepreneurship, the best advice I think Amanda gave was to let go of any distaste you have for your current situation. Building a business while also being employed, it's challenging, but it's an opportunity to learn time management skills that you're going to use once you take your business full time. If you can't manage the three hours per day that you have free now, I promise you, you will not be able to manage an entire day. And in order to manage your time, you also need to know what you are trying to do. So invest in courses, hire coaches to point you in the right direction so you're not wasting your precious time. The webinar that Amanda mentioned is in the show notes of this episode. Also remember that there is a difference between massive and passive action. Passive action is learning about something and massive action is when you implement it. You can take courses and listen to podcasts all day, but make sure that you're also taking action to implement the stuff into the business you're building. 
So right after I sign off here, I want you to go and implement everything that you learned on this podcast episode from Amanda. So go do that because now it is time for you to go forth and be the bold, daring, courageous, reckless entrepreneur that you were meant to be. I will see you next week.